0: I'm J-Mac. And I'm Jess. And you're listening to Basecode Podcast. Gotcha.
1: You did get me. I went first. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking of what to say and then you just jumped right in there.
0: I also have an advantage too because when we record I notice there's at least maybe a one second lag, maybe even a little more.
1: Yeah, which is a real pain to edit.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it is because we end up talking over each other every now and then, which sometimes is good. Yeah relays the excitement
1: yes but then it's like sometimes you just go through and cut out like the start of a sentence that you started and then didn't finish because the other person kept going
0: exactly yeah and then you kind of jump back in where you left off later and it's like oh my gosh how do i cut that back together again
1: yep yeah fun times yeah
0: normally i don't which is the answer so but yeah how's it been going
1: yeah pretty good just working on my Laracon talk pretty pretty heavily it's uh coming along well what's that on so i'm doing the uh, laravel developers guide to view spas part two Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a part two only in the sense that it's effectively the same sorts of like topic as as my first talk but it's entirely different content and it's not a sequel it's just a whole bunch of extra tips so sure i couldn't i couldn't think of a new name for it it was like yeah same thing. It's just a bunch of tips that I've learned while building Vue SPAs. So
0: Now, is that technically, though, would that be a part two from last year's Laracon AU talk?
1: Yeah. So that's that's where my first talk was that had what well, wasn't called part one at the time because there was no plan to do more. But of course, when I was doing that, though, there were so many things that I had to cut out for time. And there's so many things I've learned since because I've started a new SPA since then. So, I had so much material again this time around that I'm now back on the cutting room floor trying to cut it back down.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. No, that's cool. And the Laracon AU talk's, like, freely available on YouTube, so we can link to it in the show notes, just in case people want to do the quote-unquote part one.
1: Yeah, I don't know um, if it still is, but at the time it was, like, the most viewed of all the Laracon AU talks, so that was pretty cool. I think it got shared by, like, I think maybe Taylor and Jeffrey Way might have retweeted it or something, so...
0: Yeah. Nice. i was you, pretty proud of you that. You are elite. <laughs> You're elite now.
1: <laughs> I'm in the secret club.
0: Randomly tangentially, of course, for me. Um I like tangents, but I was thinking about you said, "Oh, well it wasn't part one at the time," like you didn't know you were going to do part two. It reminded me of uh Rambo. Okay. Like the Rambo movies. Yep. All right. And so don't worry, we're not going to go robot guy <laughs> or whatever on you. Yeah. But <laughs> Rambo Like, the first one was not necessarily called Rambo. It was called First Blood. Yep. And in fact, we, like, every day call it, you know, Rambo 1, Rambo Rambo 2, Rambo 3. But technically, it was First Blood. It wasn't necessarily Rambo. So,
1: the word Rambo is not even in the name of the first movie.
0: I'm pretty sure the first one is... There's no, like, Rambo. It's just called, like, First Blood. First Blood. Okay. Yeah. We'll look it up. So... But anyway, it just reminded me of that. Yeah. So, anyway.
1: All right. So... Today I think we should probably talk about models.
0: Yes. Let's talk about models.
1: Models. Models the heart of your of your application is what I think of them as.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so let's let's get into that because actually in in base Vell, I cover a lot of principles. And one of the principles I didn't explicitly call out was the whole, you know, fat models, skinny controllers kind of thing. Yep. Right. Which, which we've all heard before, which is one of the reasons I didn't really like make that a special dedicated principle, but also because I think that's a bit of a slippery like statement. Yeah. Cause it implies like you, you know, shouldn't be putting more or less anything in there. And I think, I think models then get subbed out with like a bunch of different things. You know, we kind of talked about this last episode, but like, you know, back in Laravel 4.2, for example, everyone, everything was command bus, right? Yeah. And so it was kind of like fat command buses, skinny <laughs> controllers, you know? Yeah. And now you'll see people doing things like, um, you know, fat actions, fat behaviors, skinny controllers, right? It's
1: just moving the code around.
0: Yeah, it's it's just kind of a slippery statement. So again, there's nothing wrong with uh, skinny controllers necessarily, and there's nothing wrong with fat models necessarily. But I just, I don't know, it's one of those statements, as are many programming statements, you know, it's kind of just like...
1: Take it with a grain of salt.
0: Yeah, it's not exactly what was meant there, but a lot of people will justify the code they write, you know, based off that one statement.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Okay.
0: So for me, yeah, I kind of want to go, what does make the model fat? Like, what do you put in there?
1: So for me, I, and I think this is probably something that I, I picked up from like various podcasts with Taylor and I think one of like Adam Allen's talks, but it's, Basically, the idea of treating your model as the kind of the business sense of the word model, like your business models. Yeah. So if you've got something in your domain, so say it's an invoice and it can do certain things, I like to have those certain things represented on the model with public methods so that I can look at the public API of a model and go, this is everything this does in the business. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean I want to put all of the logic for those things in those methods. Sure. In many cases, it's really just the like the gateway to those bits of code, but it provides that little central space where you can say, okay, this is what I can do with an invoice. I can convert it to PDF or I can email it to someone, all those sorts of things.
0: So I'm curious, you said gateway to another service. So do you maybe have a more concrete example of that? Like
1: Okay, so say in the example, if invoices could be sent. So I might have a public method called send. So that when you look at the invoice model, you can say, okay, I can send this. I can call invoice, send. It reads really nicely in a controller, but the actual send method in the model probably isn't going to have an actual email call in there or anything like that. It's just going to call Laravel's notification system. Yeah. And the actual sending of the email will be somewhere else. So it's really just, when I say the gateway, it's kind of just, it's what triggers an action. It might fire an event or you know, dispatch a job or something along those lines. Yeah. It's just kind of where you kind of kick it off from.
0: Okay. So I think that's actually a really good example because it's kind of an example almost that both sides might use, Okay, right? Like both sides of the extremes might use as as evidence of doing it their way or even not their way. So what I'm thinking in my mind is some people immediately would be like, oh, well, um, invoice you know, shouldn't be able to send an email. Like that's not a model-y thing to do, right?
1: Yeah, but I don't think of my model as like the database part.
0: No, I, I know, because you're thinking about it in kind of, you know, what Adam Wathan would say in his talk, which we'll put in the show notes as well, but like, you know, an affordance. It's yes. an affordance on that object.
1: Yeah, like the handles. the handles on a drawer that let you know what you can do with it.
0: Exactly, exactly. Totally with you, and again, that side would say, yeah, cool. But the other side of the argument, what I'm saying, just devil's advocate, is kind of like, you shouldn't be able to send mail or something. Yeah. Right. And then there's yet another side of the argument that does what you're doing, but then does send the mail in the Direct model, in which then I think is kind of nasty. So, you know, there's this fine line, is the point I'm trying to make of like, You're allowing the affordance to be there from, like, a convenience perspective, right? Of, like, I want to be able to send this thing. Yeah. You know, who cares if it's a MVC, you know, model. Yeah. But I also, or you also, in this case... Know that the model shouldn't actually send the email stuff that's just kind of conveniently firing off and wrapping up that communication with another service.
1: Yeah, otherwise your model would become overwhelmingly massive. And I want to keep it as small as possible. You become obese. Obese, exactly. Okay. It won't just be morbidly morbidly obese. obese models. There we go.
0: And that's kind of, those are the models that I see. So yeah. again, just playing devil's advocate. I'm not saying I write those models. I'm just saying as, as again, someone who sees a lot of Laravel applications, you know, through consulting or the human shifts or whatever. I mean, there's some pretty nasty stuff people put in models. So again, yeah. it's a slippery statement to to say, oh, fat models, put it all there. Yeah, You have to have some reasoning. So I just, I'm trying to dissect that a little bit. So bringing it back to the point, what's the reasoning in your mind of not just having the model send the mail in this case, send the PDF?
1: Well, I mean, I guess the biggest thing is because I want to have a rich API on my model, it means I'm going to have to put quite a lot of methods on my model. Sure. So if I'm going to have a lot of methods, I don't want them to have very much code in them. Otherwise, like we said, it becomes very, very big. So I want to have a rich set of public methods, but keep them as small as possible so that it's kind of more maintainable and delegate, you know, things that have a sensible place to go. So like sending a notification, or mail or anything like that. Yeah, there is a sensible place to put that. It's really just around creating the nice API to trigger that behavior.
0: No, I totally agree. I totally agree about the sensible thing. And I'm, I'm going to keep that in the back pocket for a second. But just playing that out a little more. So what's the cutoff for like the model being big, is it is it the number of methods? Is the 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 lines of code per method? It sounds like maybe in your case, because like you don't mind that there's a bunch of methods. Yeah. It's kind of just like you want them to be pretty trim.
1: Yeah, I don't know if Americans ever got the movie The Castle. Mm. Did you have you seen that movie? It's like an Aussie an Aussie movie.
0: No, I don't. I don't think so.
1: Well, there's this saying that's come from that movie that says it's the vibe of the thing. Okay. I think that's how he how he like is making an argument in court and he's just talking about it. it's it's the vibe of the thing.
0: Yeah, it doesn't feel right.
1: Yeah, so oftentimes it's it's really just the vibe of the thing. Um That's fair. It's when it's yeah, when it's big, when it's when you're scrolling through it and it's hard to find to actually see the public methods and see what it's doing because of all the noise. So Yeah. I don't have any hard rules or anything like that, like number of methods or number of lines. It's just At some point, you look at it and you're like, that's hefty.
0: No, it makes sense. It makes sense. So yeah, no hard rules. Totally with you on that. But yeah, if you were scrolling through it and one of the methods was, you know, 100 lines, you would definitely kind of get in and get surgical on it. Yeah. Yeah. So there is a limit. There's an upper limit. But, you know, you can't sit there and say everything's less than four lines. Like, that's kind of ridiculous, too.
1: Ideally, though, like most of my methods, public methods probably would be like one line. They're just triggering... The code to happen somewhere else. Hmm. If it's doing anything to do with the database, I so say I've got like a a custom static constructor that's creating a model in a certain way. Those can sometimes be more lines because I've got one line per attribute in the model, things like that. Yeah. So if it's database related, some of those models might get up to ten lines. I don't know something along those lines, but sure. For the other ones, I yeah really just one or two lines often.
0: Gotcha. Makes sense. Makes sense. So you're willing then to put more or less kind of anything that makes it more convenient to work you know, with the model, in the model.
1: Yeah, there's, there's the convenience side of it and there's the readability side of it as well. I mean, when you've got a, a controller that creates an invoice and then calls invoice send, I don't know, to me, I just really like that, that the, yeah. the way that it reads. It reads kind of like English, right? Like even if you didn't know PHP, you could look at that and go, oh, invoice new, invoice send. I can see what that's doing. Yeah. It's not doing this kind of really imperative creating a a mail thing and then putting in all this data into it and all that sort of stuff. The other good thing when you do put your methods on your model is that you get that encapsulation benefit from it. Yeah. So oftentimes when you do things outside the model that's referencing the model, you've kind of got to reach into the model and get all this data from it. Whereas when the model's doing things, a lot of those calls that would be invoice, you know, property, invoice, this, this, invoice, that, they become this instead of the model name. So to me, that's often a sign of a good refactor is when it's no longer reaching into something else.
0: I remember you saying that in one of the previous podcasts, like you like to see when something becomes, you know, this, like a localized reference.
1: Yeah, it's just that whole encapsulation thing, which again, I think is something that, and once I tried it, I realized, yeah, I'm writing more readable code that's, you know, feels more Laravelly.
0: So is your default then pretty much to put everything in the model at, you know, kind of at first until it, until it needs a better home or deserves to be broken out or refactored or like what's something maybe on the other example, what's something where you're like, no, I'm going to put this in a service. Um,
1: it really depends. Like, like when I think of the model as representing that object in the business, I really only put a public method if it's potentially something that the business would talk about outside of the context of code. So if the business would talk about sending invoices, that belongs there. But if the business wouldn't talk about dispatching a job, I probably wouldn't put an invoice dispatch job method, for example, because that's not really, I don't know, to me that doesn't really read as well. So sure, that's kind of the guiding light, I guess, behind what goes there and what doesn't. And like I said, most of the behavior itself is probably delegated to something else. So if I'm converting an invoice to PDF, I'm not going to do a PDF logic in the model. It's just going to, you know, hand that over to a PDF service or whatever that might be.
0: Sure. Yeah. So you still have the service. It's just you might be going through the model for like a convenience bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And readability. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm with you on the whole convenient readability. And so going back to something you said before, which is probably the camp that I fall into more, at least the principle that I follow, which is like if something else is already available, right? Like that would be when I don't reach for the model right away. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, the original example of, you know, sending an email, like I probably wouldn't actually personally make the invoice send method Mm -hmm. just because if it were sending truly just sending an email, I feel like sending that email is pretty straightforward Mm -hmm. enough where I would put it on a mailable. It's
1: pretty yeah declarative. yeah. 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 And I would be using a mailable behind the scenes. It's just triggering it via the model instead of. Yeah like directly in the controller. I mean, both are very readable, both are fantastic patterns, so.
0: Yeah, I could totally see how like, actually sending it through the model reads better. I'm totally with you on on the readability, but yeah, I guess there's also a part of me though that I might not write it that way in the beginning. Okay. To be honest. Mm-hmm. And it's not because I don't agree with it, it's just because I don't think about it, because again, the model in my mind's already convenient enough. Yeah. And then there's also the aspect that even if I were to write it that way, I could see myself actually down the road enough times of clicking through the model to see that it's simply just called the male facade would like something about that to me actually ends up kind of smelling. Okay. I don't know. I can't really articulate it enough though. So it's not something, again, I would push very strongly. Yeah. It's just that type of refactor to have it be one way or the other. In my mind is like a very final bit of polish.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's purely opinionated. It's not like something you can really say, this has these, you know, 100% clear benefits this way is objectively better. It's, yeah, it's really just subjective, which I mean, to be honest, a lot of programming stuff is very subjective and it's based on what we've previously been exposed to, what's aesthetically pleasing to us. Sure some people are very utilitarian and just want to see exactly like the imperative code and know exactly how it's working. But for me, I kind of like that more declarative code where I don't, if I don't really care what the implementation is, and I just want to know generally what's happening, I stay at that high level, like the controller level. Yeah. And it's only if I'm like, well, how does that actually send it that I will be, you know, drilling down a level
0: that you click down? Yeah. So it makes total sense. Obviously, we've covered some of that stuff before so like right there with you on all that so actually though again as a bit of a, a tangent i think a lot of times i mix up the imperative first declarative styles of programming okay in my mind declarative is where you you know are saying like here's the you know specific steps
1: step by steps now i'm pretty sure it's the other way around
0: yeah, no, and I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm with you. Again, admittedly, I know it's something I normally mix up. Yeah. So I'm agreeing that I'm probably got that backwards. For the purposes of our listeners, though, I feel like we should both double-check that real fast Okay. so we can explain it. Because we have said it a few times in the episode. And honestly, I know I've linked it in some show notes before, but I didn't feel like I found like a very good article.
1: I think it's a good thing to definitely bring some light to because it's one of those words that gives you language to describe something that might previously have been hard to describe if we can name some of these kind of abstract concepts i think that yeah it helps with shared language
0: so from stack overflow we have a little snippet here so declarative programming uh, it's the paradigm uh, that expresses the logic of a computation in parentheses what to do without describing its control flow how to do it yeah so They say that examples are uh, CSS, regular expressions, uh, HTML, things of that nature. I think what confuses me Mm -hmm. is that the examples that they give as far as languages which are declarative feel very like step by step. So they say CSS, right? Mm -hmm. But CSS is like font size to EM.
1: Like if I if I understand it correctly, I think it, like it's describing what the thing is, not how it's done. I guess. Yeah. So it's kind of very descriptive in that it's like font size, you know, 12 pixels or whatever. Yeah as opposed to something that's really describing how that works behind the scenes. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like there's got to be a better example out there. And I really hope that I haven't been, you know, getting this
0: wrong my entire life. Yeah, I don't think so. I think it's just one of those things for me, like, every now and then there's certain topics that when I start to think about, I get, like, way too philosophical about. And I start just kind of (laughs) spinning out in a circle. Okay. This is just one of them for some reason. So, because, like, for example, you're saying you like invoice sin to be more declarative right it feels more declarative to you
1: i feel like that feels more declarative to me
0: yeah but isn't mail send also declarative like because you're not saying like how to actually send the email
1: it is that's and that's 100 percent. yeah there's there's absolutely nothing wrong with the public apis that laravel has created for sending mail i mean they're they're declarative as well so sure in in that specific example i don't think it's like trading one for the other I, th-
0: I think that's also where the fuzziness enters kind of my brain is because it's like well compared to what right And it's kind of like the big dhh kind of thing like compared to what so yeah. like you're saying invoice sends more declarative more declarative than what than what Yeah. mail send well no yes or no i don't know you know right like maybe not yeah so so yeah but anyway i get the vibe of it or whatever <laughs> the vibe of the thing yeah yeah yeah, I got I got the vibe of the thing.
1: Oh, man, you've got to watch The Castle. Yeah, I'm going to have to send you a link to The Castle. It's such a good Aussie All right.
0: movie. But no, for, for real, though, like, again, it's one of those things when I don't think about it a whole lot, I'm right on board with everybody else. Like, I can just throw out the buzzwords and it's fine. <laughs> yeah. But it's also kind of like one of those things where, yeah, when you start to kind of pick it apart, it's it is a very comparative thing right i mean it's it's almost subjective in a in a ways which which is why it's you know it's hard to define i mean all these articles again i remember looking for these articles before so the fact that there wasn't just like a yeah definitive here's what it is, here's yeah. a perfect, you know, language example.
1: If you would think of a controller that's doing a lot of stuff, it's got tons of if statements, it's marshalling all this data into different shapes, and it's kind of just sure. doing all this logic to make something happen. But the something's not clear because you're just giving the computer a set of instructions. Yeah. And I think even this the act of extracting that to like a self-documenting method makes that part of it declarative yeah and like i said the underlying implementation is always going to need to be imperative because at some point you've got to tell the computer what to do
0: so anyway bit of a tangent there but i think you know we had mentioned imperative and declarative a few times so it was worth trying to yeah and if someone
1: out there's got a better a better definition or description or if i'm wrong please tell me and uh
0: oh i know i'm wrong (laughs) i freely admit it and i I think the point i'm also kind of making without making is i kind of don't care to be honest i don't it's I just I'm with you. I kinda have a feel of the code and I use more generic terms. I I I just kind of gave up honestly, like four or five years ago, like being that programmer that knows all like the perfect terms for things. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I tried it for a while. I tried it for about six months. Like I would try to like in my commitments, it's like name the refactor like out of martin fowler's refactoring or i'd like yeah name the design pattern that i was using out of like you know the gang of four and it was fine but honestly there was kind of no benefit like it's not like it made me specific like for me there there just didn't seem to be a value in it
1: i think like i was saying before though the having a richer shared language is beneficial because you can talk about concepts i think more freely when you haven't got a like when you've got something a bit more concrete. Now, admittedly, we obviously don't have a super concrete definition here. So the benefit is uh, is arguable. But yeah.
0: Even when you do have a concrete definition, though, and I think this actually sticks to the point of this episode, like even when you do have a concrete thing, there's always going to be someone that finds a different example. That's more of like the social aspect of why I gave up on it is also because it's kind of not worth to me anymore, those arguments. Because when you do try to richly define everything, which again, I I understand the motivation to do that. That'd be awesome. You know, if you had a team that you all just spoke the same language, uh, you know, and use the same terms and you're all on the page, right? And you know, you're coding together. Like that's great. That's total ideal state. And I would gladly be on that team. I just think that's super, super hard to achieve and maybe even a little bit naive because the very nature of forcing yourself to think of all these like strict terms and strict definitions kind of makes you more rigid. And I think-
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that.
0: Yeah, I think you'll find that the more balanced you are, it tends to work out if you're a little more balanced, I think.
1: Yeah, but there's always gonna be like a line somewhere. Like we've got terms for model view controller, for example, which similar sorts of things,
0: right? but look how loose those are. You're putting, you're putting yep. stuff in your models. Other people don't. And, and so that's the whole point, right? <laughs> yeah. That's the whole point. So to get back to the last thing I wanted to say, or the thing I was saying before we, we took this epic tangent Yep. <laughs> was basically, yeah, I think the thing for me at the end of the day is I agree. My models probably are one of the largest objects in the application, like pound for pound, like class for class. Yeah. But the rule for me isn't so much these affordances or imperative or declarative. For me, it's more is something else already available for me to use. And if it is, even if it's just just a tiny step uglier or even a tiny step less readable, yeah. I'll actually end up using it because in my mind, it makes the overall application more readable. It makes the overall application more approachable. Yeah kind of like you talked about last time, like I can go in and expect what Laravel's doing and it's not that ridiculous for me to see a mailable call right in the controller. What might be, even if it is more readable code or more imperative paradigm to, you know, craft your code, it might be a little odd to see everything being routed through the model in some way.
1: Yeah, fair enough.
0: Again, I like the code you're describing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think given a long-lived project, it... Again, it might be the final bit of polish that I would put on that code. Yeah. But in the beginning, I'll I'll fully admit again I'm more of a hacker. I don't necessarily <laughs> worry too much about. Oh gosh, is this imperative enough? This as long as it reads within the context of the application. And to that point, I think mail send reads enough for yeah. the first pass.
1: And just like super quick on that point of polish. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think one thing that I have done, which you like described really well in your book, is keeping the related methods together so basically having an order or a convention for where you put things in your model so putting kind of like those boilerplate things first like the the Laravel parts like what table it is if you need to define that which hopefully you don't date formats all that and then maybe (laughs) yeah follow conventions yeah Yeah. and then relationships or accesses and mutators whatever the order is I kind of had my own internal one that I would always follow but I'm glad that base Laravel you've defined one as well because I'll probably just default to that for lack of you know an official Laravel way of doing it
0: yeah and in fairness that kind of follows TLint, which we'll link to in the show notes as well but that's something Titan dropped out and I mentioned that in the book but even that though honestly like for me I was really reluctant to write that specific
1: oh I loved it part
0: of the models <laughs> chapter well I'm, I'm glad you did and again I think it's all just the different types of devs and which is why yeah. even I think we're good at kind of co-hosting this is because we are different in some of those regards and we are even in different places of kind of our our programming career you know so like yeah I definitely can relate to a time where I was very rigid about that you know yeah. not saying you are I'm saying I I am uh, or was. And so, you know, for me now, though, programming that I am now is kind of like, this really isn't a big deal. You
1: just put each new thing onto the end?
0: <laughs> I mean, in the beginning, maybe, honestly. Okay, yeah, just being enough. honest. Yeah. But if I had a system or worked on a team or worked on a bunch of different apps that were large enough where that started to matter, then, yeah, I, what I said in base is absolutely what I would do. It's not... Yeah. You know, made up. It's that would be the ideal order in my mind. Yeah. But I was reluctant to dictate it. Yeah.
1: That's fair enough. Yeah.
0: Cool. Cool. So we'll, we'll, uh, yeah. We'll do this. Uh, what do you think? What? Maybe, maybe another two episodes, probably? I don't know. Yeah. We'll go. uh, We'll have to think on our next topic.
1: Yeah. We'll, I don't know. See how many naturally occur and then leave it at that. I don't think there's any, any point in, uh, in kind of hard coding a, a certain amount just whatever works
0: i do feel like though since we have talked about controllers and models like we should finish the set with views, views yeah not saying the series the but series, i feel but like yeah. we should we should talk about views at least and then and then we can go wherever after that sweet cool all righty see you next week see you
1: show notes for this episode can be found at basecodefieldguide.com slash 27